Disability Advocacy Matters. Disability Advocacy Matters. Disability Advocacy Matters. This is the Disability Advocacy Matters podcast from Speaking Up For You, or SUFI. I'm Nance Haxton, and together we will speak to disability advocates about some of the main issues they see and what people with disability can do about them. Disability Advocacy Matters. My name is Fiona Campbell and I'm an NDIS appeals advocate. So Fiona, for people listening who are just starting on thinking about, oh, I think I'm going to have to appeal this decision, it's not very fair, what, what can people do? What, what, what are the NDIS appeal stages at that first stage? So the, the first thing that they need to do is decide that this decision is wrong and they have three months then to seek an internal review from the NDIA and the NDIA will have a different person to make that decision than the first decision maker and we say that even though they've got the three months if they're going to provide any further evidence and they think that will influence the decision then they should wait until they get that information so long as it's within that three month time frame and the way in which they can do their, it's called internal review decisions at that stage, is they can ring up and speak to an NDA staff member and do it over the telephone and say a decision was made and tell them what decision it was. It could be a planned decision or someone might be trying to get onto the NDIS and that they want an internal review done of that decision. But they can also go into the office and say that. They can send a letter or do an email and there's a special application form that's a little bit difficult to find but it's on the NDIA's website that they can complete. But it's really important to make it clear that it's an internal review application and we say to put it in writing so that it can be found and dated and to definitely make sure it's within that three-month review time frame because if it's not, the NDIA don't have to review the decision. So that three it, months is really crucial. You have to get it, it in is. that time. Yeah, and it's three months from the time they received the NDI's decision. But that three months is when the NDI sent it out to them, if they sent it by post, and it landed in their mailbox. So if they didn't check their mailbox for two weeks, that's, that's not reasonable. So because it's three months, we say it's best to go off the actual date of the decision, the original decision, so the plan or if they've said no to someone getting onto the NDIS, the, the date of the letter that they've received. So people can fill this out themselves? Is the paperwork complicated? Is it, would you advise maybe to get some help if uh, you've got an intellectual disability and maybe get someone to help you with that paperwork? You can do. It's, it's quite simple. You really just need to say the decision is wrong and it's helpful if you say why it's wrong. So if it's a planned decision, often it's because people didn't, get all the supports that they were needing in their plan. So the NDO might have said yes to some supports or might have said yes to say, 15 hours of occupational therapy but the person needs 20. Or they might need a certain amount of support worker hours a day and they got less than that. So you can say things like that and this is what I'm asking for. And then the NDO would have a look at what was ma- what decision was made and what the person is requesting and that, that's helpful because then they can provide reasons if they don't make the decision that the person's wanting them to make. 
the NDI can do a few different things when it makes its decision. It can say they agree with the original decision, so they can say we think that that decision was correct, or they can say they are making a new decision and setting that original decision aside, and that decisions that they make could be, in the case of plan support, could be a better decision than the first one. could actually even be worse. They might decide that they don't think, on reviewing the information, that the original decision was correct and you should get less support. That doesn't happen that often, but it does happen sometimes. And we say, that's okay, because you still can appeal that decision or they can make a decision that you, you're happy with and then that will be the end of it for you. So the NDIS will let you know basically when, you, when they've got that paperwork from you and that it, the appeals process has started? Yeah, and they call it internal review at that point because the appeal is the, the application to the Administrative Appeals Tribunal, so it's quite different. Uh, <laughs> gosh, sorry. The contact from the NDA can vary. So the decision, the person who's going to make the decision could contact you or they might not. So you don't know. It could just be out of the blue that a decision is made and then it's communicated to you because the NDA has a number of applications at any one time. So they're very, very busy with these. And the process sometimes differs based on the decision maker. They might want to talk to you and ask you some questions and use that information to clarify something that they've got or or ask you if you have any further information. But sometimes they just look at your application and the information that's before them and they just make a decision. And then you'll hear about the decision once it's made. So that's the internal review. If you're not successful and you still think that you would like to have a review of the decision they've made, what, what it comes next, that is the appeal at that stage. Yeah. Is that- so, yeah, so that's what we call an appeal and to the Administrative Appeals Tribunal and they call it an, an external review of the decision. And with that, you need to complete a written external review application, so the appeal application, and the time frame for that is different. So it's important to not get confused because it's only 28 days from the date that you receive the NDIA's internal review decision. So when we say 28 days, it sounds like a fair amount of time, but that time can pass really quickly. And it's really, really important to get that application in within those 28 days because if you don't, you may not be able to go through with an external review to the Administrative Appeals Tribunal. That might be the end of it. You can argue why you're late if you have a really, really good reason. The NDO might agree that you should have your application accepted by the Administrative Appeals Tribunal and ultimately it's up to the Administrative Appeals Tribunal. So to get it in within that 28 days is really important. The applications on the Administrative Appeals Tribunal website, it's a really easy application to fill out and you can simply say that the original the NDA's decision was wrong. That's all you have to say. It is helpful if you say why it was wrong and what you're wanting from the Administrative Appeals Tribunal because that then goes to the NDI as well and they know. The other thing you have to do when you complete that application is to attach the NDI's internal review decision to the application. This is generally done on the Administrative Appeals Tribunal website and you can email it to them uh, but you can send it in the post as well, or you could take it in there if you wanted to. And what happens then when uh, is, it, is a date set? Is it like a court hearing, or how oh, does that work? It, 
It kind of is. It takes a little while for things to happen because there's also a lot of external review applications, although right now they're happening a little bit quicker than they had in the past. So what will happen next is the Administrative Appeals Tribunal will email you a letter and it'll explain what their process is and I'll go over that soon. And they will also inform you that an NDI person will contact you by email and you'll also generally receive an email from the NDI saying they'll email you again soon and provide you with what's called a copy of the T document. And the T documents are really important because they include all of the documents that the NDI considered when it made its internal review decision. So they put those together and they provide them to the Administrative Appeals Tribunal and to yourself. And you need to check them to make sure that they include everything you've given the NDI. And even if you've got new information, you can provide that to the Administrative Appeals Tribunal and you should do that, provide it to the NDI at the same time. But if they've missed anything, also provide that information and point out that it was not in the T documents and should have been. Also, the NDI solicitor, they have a solicitor who they instruct. Usually they're external to the NDIA and they will contact you and let you know that they're the contact person now for the NDIA in terms of the appeal. If you need to contact the NDIA about other things, you can still do that. But in terms of the appeal that's in the Administrative Appeals Tribunal, you need to contact this solicitor. They're the contact point for the NDIA. And then at some point soon after that, this could be within it's now taking the first three or four weeks after you've done your appeal application, sometimes even two weeks, the Administrative Appeals Tribunal will contact you by email with what they call a listing notice. And it'll have a date and a time for what they call a case conference. And that case conference is something that's on the telephone, uh, but you can ask for it to be on Teams if you want it to be on Teams. But generally they are on the phone. They're not in person. And a case conference is it's a form of what they call alternative dispute resolution. So it's a little bit like mediation. It's not a hearing. It's not really formal like a hearing. Uh, you can refer to the registrar by their first name and the solicitor by their first name. If you don't feel comfortable with that, you can call them Miss and Ms. Mrs. Um, and you can also have a support person, a family member or an advocate or even a solicitor with you for the case conference. It's important that you uh, understand what's going on at that case conference. So if you're nervous and feel like you need support, definitely try to get some level of support there. And you can just let them know on the day that that person's there or let them know beforehand. That's the NDIA solicitor and the Administrative Appeals Tribunal. And it's a registrar who facilitates the case conference. So they contact you by phone and the NDA solicitor and they will talk through the process and let you know how it all works. But um, just briefly, sometimes also a case manager is included from the NDIA. Not all the time. It could be just a solicitor who should be instructed by the case manager and know exactly what the NDIA wants. But the registrar will explain the solicitor's role and the NDIA's role, which it's not to argue really strongly against you and say what you're wanting is wrong. They're supposed to assist the tribunal to arrive at what they say is the correct or preferable decision. 
So they're supposed to be supporting you in a sense, not doing it for you, but suggesting what evidence could assist in the case. And they will say things like, if you're wanting a certain amount of support worker hours or hours for psychology, then they will suggest that perhaps an, an occupational therapist functional assessment could assist or a letter from your psychologist. Also, things like a statement of lived experience about how you're impacted by your impairments and how you go day to day and what the sorts of things you think would help yourself. And so the case conference provides a space to have a discussion about what you want. Also, the NDI can say if they agree with some of the things that you're wanting because of the evidence you've provided or because of things you've said. Or they can say if they think that more evidence is needed for particular support. And they usually do this in a document before each case conference. And that document's called the Statement of Issues. I'd say quite a scary legalistic looking document um, but don't be put off by it. The really important stuff is where they list the supports they think you're seeking, check that that's correct. These sorts of things can change over time. So you might have information from an occupational therapist or somebody who suggests you need more than you were first saying or less. You can change that or it could be a different type of support that you want to add. And then usually down the bottom of that statement of issues, they have a table and they'll say what other evidence they think would be helpful for the tribunal. And you don't have to agree that you'll go and get that evidence. Um, you look through it and decide what you think you should do. And that's up to you. And you can have a conversation about that at the case conference. And usually at the end of the case conference or throughout it, the registrar talks to you and the NDI about timeframes for gathering evidence. And they'll set usually directions or a case plan and they'll have dates for you and the NDI to do certain things. And that's really important. Make sure that you have enough time to do what you want to and need to do. And if it's getting reports from therapists, allow a fair amount of time and try to check with them beforehand because sometimes they're really, really busy and it can take a long time. And the NDI and the Administrative Appeals Tribunal are usually okay with longer timeframes if you explain you have to wait for these things. So they're not going to pressure you so long as things they can see that things are going to move along. It sounds like it's quite a daunting process, but I suppose the important thing for people to remember is that they do have rights, so that if they're not happy with the NDIS plan they've been given, there are options that they can there pursue. Are, yeah. There are. And they can also, when I, when I talk about that statement of issues and things like that, they can also get legal advice. So Legal Aid Queensland provides advice sessions for people who are appealing the NDIS plans or, or trying to get onto the NDIS. And that's fantastic because all they need to do is contact Legal Aid and ask for advice sessions to be set down. And Legal Aid can get the documents from the Administrative Appeals Tribunal. But if there's any further information, the person will need to provide it to them. And it just depends on how busy legal aid are as to how long it will take to have an advice session. But sometimes it can be within a week's time, sometimes two weeks or three weeks, depending on how busy they are. So QAI also provides advice sessions. So they have a couple of solicitors who can provide advice. Their advocates also may provide advice. But 
a little bit unclear to me, but generally advocates can't, well, advocates can't provide legal advice. Advocates, and including my role and the other advocates I work with, we can assist and support people to gather evidence for the tribunal. We can provide strategic advice, but in terms of legal advice, we refer people to Legal Aid Queensland generally and at times QAI. And that's fantastic. Uh, if it's Legal Aid Queensland, we often attend the appointments and their appointments by phone as well. Generally, everything happens by telephone in this area. We also involve in the legal advice session. We just listen. We might support the person, help explaining afterwards and following through with any suggestions that Legal Aid have made in terms of gathering further evidence or, or arguments that they've suggested could be made. So we take notes and stuff like that. Legal Aid Queensland sometimes provides written advice. You can request that. Um, if we're involved often, or if I'm involved often, I will take notes and detailed notes and can provide that to the person or keep them and then just follow through with the action item. So they are a fantastic resource. Also, people can apply for Legal Aid Queensland representation and need to complete the application forms for that and then wait and see if Legal Aid will take on their case. Um, there's many, many appeals and only so many Legal Aid Queensland systems. But equally, you can apply for assistance with advocacy by approaching advocacy organisations like Speaking Up For You. And um, if we have capacity, then we take on new matters. Uh, but it just depends on how, how much we have at each time. But generally, they finish up at some point. So we take on new matters when we have capacity. So it's always worth a call to Sufi, even if Sufi is at capacity, the intake workers are pretty good at finding other options and being able to refer people, you'll, you'll never sort of be left hanging. <laughs> there, there are other options that are available to, to get that support that you need. No, you shouldn't. And, and if it needs to be a gap measure, if you haven't had legal advice from Legal Aid Queensland, then that's a, that's a good place to go and sometimes QAI or other. Advocacy organisations may have capacity and we, I think our intake officers check and regularly know if somebody else has, has an opening for someone. Yes, Queensland Advocacy for Inclusion is another good place to call. Just check that on the on the internet for us, Fiona. <laughs> Thanks for that. Fiona, thank you so much for giving us that valuable insight with all the years that you've worked in this area. Are there any other tips that you'd give to people who are sort of really trying to grapple with, um, at times, this quite complicated process of NDIS appeals? Uh, just push through with it. Um, don't Try not to pull out a note. It's extremely stressful and at times traumatising for people. It's another system that you have to argue against and just please try to get some level of support from friends, family, uh, whoever you can. Uh, but you can go back to Legal Aid Queensland throughout the process, get advice and keep contacting advocacy organisations because we can never know. We never know when matters will finish. Sometimes we expect them to and they don't and sometimes they resolve out of the blue and we have an opening. Um, so if you're kind of known to our intake officers or round, then you're, you're more likely to get support. But um, yeah, I'd say good luck with it. It is, it is a complex process, but you need the support that you're seeking. So please try to push through. Sometimes even though support coordinators aren't funded to do this sort of work, sometimes some of the support coordinators will support people. The 
I think the Administrative Appeals Tribunal only has issue with support coordinators if longer hours of support coordination are being sought, but the support coordinator can then uh, not be involved in that part of the case conflict. Thank- because there's a conflict of interest, but otherwise they can support people through. But it is not their role, so you cannot expect them to help. Thank you so much for joining us on the Disability Advocacy Matters podcast, Fiona. Thank you, Matt. This episode was recorded and produced on the lands of the Turrbal and Yagara people, and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. That's all for this episode of the Disability Advocacy Matters podcast from Speaking Up For You. This podcast was produced for Sufi by Nance Haxton with production assistance from Michael Adams. Speak to you again soon. Disability Advocacy Matters. Disability Advocacy Matters. Disability Advocacy Matters. Disability Advocacy Matters. matters. It matters.